Hello and welcome to Hammer Time. I'm Rachel. I'm Kaylee, And we are auctioneers. People always say to us, you must have the best job in the world. Well, not to be too smug, but we actually do. We have turned our interests and passions into a job. Yeah, quite literally living the dream. We talk about objects, history, stories, and what it is like to be a working mum in this crazy business. There is beauty, excitement, and stories you literally won't believe. So Kaylee, why are we doing these podcasts? We are not your stereotypical example of a tweedy, red-trousered man. We're the new breed of auctioneers and, quite frankly, nerds. So join us as we delve into the weird and wonderful world of antiques and auctions. So it's hammer time again, Rachel. Here we are again, back where we love to be. And so what have we got on today? We... I'm, Tell us about it, Cody. Come on. I'm really excited. We have got the amazing Irita Marriott. Irita Marriott is quite possibly amazing, isn't she? Oh, we're really excited to yes. be here today, aren't we? And then we're, we're, what have we got after that? Then I've got an object of the week to show you. Okay. Is it? Is it the item that's on the table next to me now? Shh, don't, don't expose the secrets. <laughs> it will be revealed later, Rachel. <laughs> okay, yeah, so nothing on the table next to me now. And uh, then after that, are we doing Are we doing the uh, Anonymous Tales of an Auctioneer today? Or with... Smash Cash, I can't say it. Yeah, we are playing Smash Cash Stash with Irita. Fabulous, okay, let's get going then. Before we do, have I told you about my week? No. Okay, so... As a few of you might know that Kelly and I are mums with kids the same age. Have you done a massive, epic mummy fail this I week? I did. So my two best friends are both teachers. Right. They've been talking about World Book Week all week last week. Yeah. Not till March. Well, right. I didn't know that. So we had a message from the school about World Book Week. It was on a Thursday. I knew that. My yeah. friends were talking about World Book Week. Obviously, it, World Book Week was that Thursday. Right, so what, so what did you do, Kaylee? So you... at school, we don't dress up in fancy dress. So what they do is actually really nice. So you wear your pyjamas, you take a blanket, cushion, oh, teddy. that's really cute. Okay. Take a pile of books you want to read. Yeah. And you just lie around reading all day. Brilliant. And um, then you make a craft that looks like a book character. So we spent, we stayed up late Wednesday night crafting away, making our little uh, paper plates that look like characters. Right. Thursday morning, kids were very excited, got up very early. Up in their pyjamas. Well, their... didn't have to get changed for school. Yeah, well, well, they, picked, they picked their new pyjamas out, right, okay. picked their books. Yep. Then I had to go off to work, left my husband mm -hmm. to take them to school. Oh my gosh, did he take them to school with their pyjamas on? <laughs> no, were the kids dressed with their pyjamas on? <laughs> then we got to the end of the road and realised that nobody else was in pyjamas. That is quite an epic fail, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. luckily, as they were so excited, they were up very early and out of the house very early, so they didn't have enough time to get changed before so school. Did he just casually turn them round and were like, nothing to see yeah. here? And just took them home yeah. and got them changed. And then he sent me the text to say, it's not World Book Day. Okay. But Amazing. at least I am prepared for it. Next week, when it is World Book Day, they, they definitely they, are. They know they've exactly a, what they're going to wear. They've had a run through. They've had a dress rehearsal, haven't they, for what that is. Pretty good, Kaylee. Oh, well done. I can't so, keep up. <laughs> so, as uh, Irita's is a mum as well, well, we'll ask her about if she's had any epic fails later on today. So, great. Okay, let's get going. Okay, good morning and welcome to Hammer Time. Welcome, uh, welcome Irita. It's so lovely to have you here at Fieldings. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is a first. 
So you've never done a podcast before? No, uh, on it. I have never listened to one <gasps> before until you sent me your, one of your recorded ones. Okay, and did you have a little listen? I did, okay. and I liked what I heard, so I'm here. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> That's really good. It's really nice to have you. Thank you. I know you've had a bit of a morning, but it's been, it's yeah. been a bit of a tricky one for you. It has, but, you know, I'm here now, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Fantastic. And we, apparently you don't do interviews either. No, this is first. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. We're doing well. <laughs> we're incredibly privileged to have you. Well, this is the girls' club, so I felt like, you know, I just had to. Well, we've had a lot to. of men, haven't we? Yeah. We've talked with Sandra. Yeah, that sounded really Hang bad. That sounded a bit dodgy, uh, which is completely ironic if you know me anyway. So, uh, but yeah, we've yeah. had loads of men come in to be interviewed, and um, we just thought it'd be nice to have some ladies here. The thing is, antiques are a men's trade, really. Yeah. I would like to see it change. I would like to see more women empowering. Okay, so but... Looking forward 20 years in this business, what would you like to see? That I would, oh, first goodness me. I would like to see 50-50. Yeah. But I highly doubt that that's going to happen. It's really intimidating yeah. to come in this industry as a woman. Yeah. It really is because... Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, yeah. you're surrounded by men. Do you find that in TV as well? When you're doing your TV, do you find that? Is it, have they split it sort of 50-50? There's a lot of ladies doing it, isn't Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think they've worked really hard to make it equal. Yeah. And I think in TV, it is more equal than it is in real life. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching TV, like Bargain Hunt, when I was a teenager and thinking, oh, I might be able to be a guest on that program one day. I never imagined that someone like me could be a valuer. Yeah, got, we've got uh, Harriet here, who started doing work experience, and now just finished training as an auctioneer. But that's quite rare, isn't it? The younger, mm. younger women go into this business. Is it because they don't know it exists? Is it because just TV's just dominated with men mainly? I think it's stereotype of antiques being for old people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if, yeah. as soon as you mention an auction, everybody says, oh, it's a room full yeah. of old smelly people. Yeah. That's like the standard thing, isn't it? Hang on, it can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's no, not, I'm but, joking. <laughs> but I think that's the stereotype of what everybody thinks antiques world is yeah. like yeah it's full of older people older generation and it doesn't appeal often to the young yeah. ones and i think with vintage and retro becoming you know more about recycling and living green and all that yeah. i think that is bringing ever so slightly more younger generation into the trade i think you're absolutely right actually it's, it's the vintage and the retro yeah. kind of things it's that mid-century isn't mm. it which actually if you know about fielding's auctioneers i'd probably say we sell more 20th century items than antique typical yeah. antiques and we, yeah we do see younger people collecting mm. it's, it's also like getting people to realize that actually you can buy something very cool original exactly ikea it's like getting that concept because into people's heads isn't it the idea of going in ikea and buying something that there's million others out yeah. the same yeah and as soon as you exit that door it's worthless yeah, yeah. yet you buy an antique item for half the price that IKEA one or any other supermarket one would be, like cutlery or, or yeah, you know, yeah. plates and ev everyday yeah. usable items, mm. and it's still worth money. Yeah. You could use it 
and still sell it. So how do we get when you want the change? People? How do we get this out there? How do we get this I, across that people? I, auctions are not scary, <laughs> and uh, people say that as well, don't they? That auctions are scary. And... Yeah, they're intimidating. Yeah, it's yeah. the same as the whole trade of being surrounded by men, and mm. and it's. I suppose if you don't know the industry and you you, you know you don't understand what is happening around you, mm. it could feel daunting. Yeah, but. I do think with the world trying to recycle and and trying to be green and mm. you know and upcycle things, I do think that is really helping. And like London, it's also trendy. Yeah. And in London, there are so many younger generation people doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When I came in in antiques eleven years ago, I was what, giving my age away here, <laughs> twenty in my late twenty. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, there was no one my age. Yeah. I remember being in my first Newark Antique Fair mm. and everybody was looking at me like, what is she doing I here? baby. Yes. <laughs> I bet you stuck out like a bit of a sore Oh my goodness, really. the red hair, the age, yeah. the, the yeah. accents, the lot, yeah. yeah. If if you asked anyone at the other end of the fair, where's the red, Latvian redhead, everybody <laughs> knew where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody did. Bringing on to to your heritage, so you're yeah. from Latvia. Yeah, Latvian, born and bred. I love you. your accent. It's like a combat of English and Latvian. Yeah, it's quite northern. Yeah, I lived in Yorkshire for eight years. Oh, okay. that that's where a lot of that has come yeah. from. It lilts between the two, which is pretty fab to be honest. And sometimes, if you catch it right, um, a bit of American comes out. Really? Because that's where I learned English. In America, I, when I left Latvia when I was 18, I could not speak more than a sentence in really? English. No, I learned my English in America. So when I first came to England, to Yorkshire, yeah. everybody thought I was born and bred American because that accent was just <laughs> really? like ingrained in me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a, do you mind us asking how you made that sort of jump from Latvia to America and then no, Yorkshire? No, how, how did that sort of go? Life. Like, <laughs> I know. Did you fall in love with that? No, no, I wish it would have been that romantic. <laughs> I grew up, I was born in Latvia. I um, went to school there, you know, all the usual. Mm. And one thing after another led me to one of my teachers saying to me that I will be a no one. Because Why? you will be a no one. I will be a nobody because I wanted at that point in my life to work in tourism and I couldn't speak a word in English. And this particular teacher was my English teacher. Mm. Who I wasn't particularly keen on. No, I can see why. Yeah, and I kind of found ways around not attending the classes, you know. Okay. As, you, as you do. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't learn any English. And she thought that English was what would make anybody in this world and and i can see her points and yes she was probably right but it was the wrong approach right. for me it was the wrong approach right, okay and um it bothered me that she said that on my yeah. high school graduation so she yeah. said you're going to be a nobody yeah wow and you had to go and prove her wrong <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course i did <laughs> teach him right there yeah. and get me yeah yeah no one so um I, two weeks later, after I thought, you know what, I've, I've come to this um, college in capital of Latvia. I've, um, I've attempted the tourism industry. I think I was studying something like tourism management. Right. It was that brief. I can't even remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it thought for you. it was not for yeah, me. Yeah. No, college, uni, it, it has never appealed. Okay. And I couldn't get out of my head that she 
said what she said. So two weeks later, I had a plane ticket to New York to be in a program called Our Pair in America. And off I went with no English and... um, he was basically living a, as a genuine nanny oh, in sorry, American family's oh, home, um, looking after two children, holding two dictionaries, Latvian to English, English to Latvian. Um, but think, this is 20, more than 20 years ago. There was no WhatsApp. There was no email or, you know, phone calls like they are now. Because everything you guys do that's amazing. Put it this way, I would never do it again if I had a chance. It was the hardest thing in my life I've ever done. Not a good experience, or was it? Oh, it was a fantastic experience. It was, I think, it made me who I am in in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, that's a different time in you in you growing up as well. Mm. In your late teens, early twenties, I'm assuming that was about this. Yeah. and that is whatever you kind of do then it sort of sets you up for moving forward doesn't it yeah you you did that for how long um just short of two years Wow. yeah and let me put it this way going back to latvia to my school and talking to my teacher in a pure english yeah oh was rather satisfying (laughs) that feel really really good oh that felt really good yeah really good she didn't know what to do with herself and i just made a point of never ever tell someone they can't do something Mm. and that is one thing i tell my children every single day if you want to do it you get up and you go and you do it there is no stopping you well there you go you've heard it i read to listen to those words they are are words of wisdom it's true (laughs) bloody true though isn't it it is life is hard life will throw everything it can you know to stop you from doing things but you just have to persevere you just have to keep going you make your own path in this world don't you? yeah that's the thing and i mean i suppose that's how i ended up here which i don't even know how that happened (laughs) i mean i'm really intrigued now to point (laughs) out okay so we're in new york yeah and you come back to latvia you go back briefly to latvia um yeah so i had no plans on um doing anything else but staying in new york because i had set up a little life for myself and um well, life had different different path for me. Mm-hmm. Um, American embassy basically denied my entry oh, back no. to America. Oh God! Okay. Even though so that there was the no way. substantial, you know, reasons why. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't meant to be. Okay. I wasn't meant to go back. I was. Basically rebelling for a couple of months because I was wondering, well, what do I do now? Mm. I thought I had a life. Mm. I thought I had it, you know, planned in my head. This is what's going to happen. And then it all goes to pot. We start again. (laughs) Yeah, we start again. Um, And again, one thing after another. And I was walking down a street in capital of Latvia and I saw a giant poster on the side of the... Um, building with a big banana and I thought hey ho never been to London should we go to London and there was me on a bus that was it yeah yeah go on a bus and met some Latvian chaps on there who didn't have as good English and I did and I had nowhere to go and they did and we helped each other out and I do not know how but we ended up in Bradford (laughs) 
And then you end up in Bradford. Well, my first night in London was very exciting. Yeah. I sat on my suitcase opposite Big Ben in that oh, little wow. park thinking, well, I've seen the Big Ben. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have much plans? Oh, God, no that. plans. No plans. No, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is that. I was going to go and see Big Ben. Okay. That was it. Wow. And then you ended up in the antiques business. No, no, no. no. For seven seven years, I lived in um, Yorkshire, basically, and worked in a garden centre. So, basically, I ended up, a couple of days after arriving in Bradford, I got a job as temporary Christmas, you know, crew member Mm. in a garden centre, and I ended up staying there for... Seven years or so. Okay, you must have liked that. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it really appeals to you. Yeah, I I went from being temporary Christmas crew, which being in Yorkshire is a different world to America. And I remember on my first day of work, this lady approached me and she said, where do I find some tinsel, love? Let's start with the fact that I had no idea what tinsel was. (laughs) Can you say that in your best Yorkshire accent for us? Uh, I can't do accent. Uh, where's your best tinsel, love? I'm, oh, that's I'm, yeah, 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 that was pretty good. I'm Lancashire, but, not far off, but not far. But off. I was so, so extremely upset about her calling me love when she doesn't even know me. I thought it was the most offending thing ever. Oh, really? I had to go to the toilet and had a cry and everything. I was like. This is just wrong. Oh, like, okay. why? And then I realised everybody's doing it. Yeah. Guess what? Two months later, I was calling everybody love. Were you? Yeah, I still do now. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? It just, yeah. I worked in a garden centre. I'm hugely jealous of that. I genuinely I worked my, love to... Honestly, love. the best thing yeah. ever. I loved every minute there. I ended up going from temporary staff to being the main buyer for giftware on Christmas wow. and planning all the Christmas. And I loved it. I really, really did. I enjoyed and what do you the think customers. Of I love Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. It feels home. What prompted the change into antiques? Um, my husband's family is from Midlands, and one of the days that we had went, to, you know, visit them, we noticed a house for sale. Oh. Um, that was in an auction catalogue. Yeah, it looked nice on a photo. We thought oh, it's on the way home. You know. Mm-hmm. Just a joke, you know, let's just pass. Let me just straighten this up. We had no intention of buying anything. Mm -hmm. We had no savings. We weren't prepared for it. We we had no plan. Yeah. And we drove up to this property and we said, oh, oh, bogeys. Uh, We're going to. We have to. It's going to happen, don't you? Yeah. We just knew. We looked at each other and we were like, well, how that that's the question and that's what's changed that's what changed the path and i think it took about a year from being in east midlands that ended up in trade yeah and i think it was meant to be was it something you ever thought of before i had never handled knowingly an antique until the point of literally starting in the trade okay i was the same it wasn't something that ever occurred no. to me as a career but I no thought, um, a trainee catalogue job advertised i thought that sounds interesting and i walked in and i just thought this is this is it this Listen, is what you instantly yeah. knew it yeah it's like addiction isn't it, it is. and once you're in it that is it yeah, there's yeah. no going back so wow okay so you've never handled an auntie <laughs> no you end up going with an auction house 
Uh, yes, yeah. Um, I was already buying and selling um, in car boots and antique fairs um, about three, four months before I started in the auction house. Yeah. But I've always said I'm self-taught because I've learned what I know from basically handling yeah, things. And it is the best way, isn't it? It's, I think it's the only way. Yeah. It's literally the only way to learn in this business. You can't read every book about ceramics and no. paintings and whatever. And that's not the real life. The, the real life is not in a book, mm, mm. you know, because the market changes all the time, the values. So you have to be around it. You have to handle it. You have to watch the auctions, watch the results, go to the fairs, mm. see what other people are selling, watch what sells for other people. Yeah. And I think that's being hands-on is the best way of learning yeah, in no, this trade. That's good advice. And it, yeah. And it doesn't stop, does it? No. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still learning every single day something yeah, new. Yeah, same. That's the, the best thing about it, isn't it? I think the person who been in trade for a long time, the day they say, I know it all, <laughs> I think they should give it up. Yeah, yeah. I, bet, I bet you've met people Cause... that have said that, though, haven't Oh, all oh, the time. We've all met some of them. I know. Red trouser wearing men with tweed on. <laughs> I'm going to regret saying that. And all my old bosses, effectively. Um, I yeah. think you'll find I the words that no one wants to hear. I think yeah. you'll find. Yeah, I think you'll find it. Or I, mm. I once had a knocked, up, knocked on a door one day just to do and do a routine valuation. And they looked behind me like that and went, oh, I was expecting a man. That actually happened to me. It oh, didn't. Do you know what you're doing? It actually happened. Oh, I was expecting a man. Oh, um, okay, yes, yeah, you can come in if you want. Literally that. So I think, mm. yeah, you never stop learning. No. And we all want younger generations of women to come into this business, but getting that. Any generation of women. Yeah. yeah. It's any generation. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. It, any generation. You don't have to be young to come in this. Yeah. And like you say, they expected a man to turn up. Mm. And I was quite young compared to other people yeah. in the trade when I first started. And when I worked for the auction house, I had a few valuations at homes and I had exactly the same. Yeah. They literally yeah. looked at me and asked me, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. Do you really, like, all... why are you here? Kaylee, have you, you had, do you, you remember have... last year when the man sat down in front of me and said, oh, you won't know anything about this? Oh, yeah, where's the valuer? Yeah, where's the valuer? Yeah, I've had that. I've had that before, but isn't it shocking? Nobody, you would not say that to a man. No, okay. And they're not embarrassed about it. No. There's no shame. We digress. We've got some questions from you here. We oh, no. Asked, we haven't even asked you a question. We've just been chatting away. Um, Kaylee, over to you. Um, how would your parents describe what you do for a living? Hmm. Very differently right now to what their opinion of it was when I first started. So the, I remember the day I told my mom I'm going to do antiques as business. Yeah. It was not great. <laughs> <laughs> my mom basically said, so what you're telling me is you just going to sell dead people's old junk. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And then she came from Latvia to visit me. And she saw some of it on my table and she was like, oh, I like that. I like this. Yeah. And then I started telling her about things. And if I could buy her one Christmas present, birthday present, something pretty from antique, she would be well happy now. Yeah. Okay. She loves it. Saying that, the side of being on TV, she, like it's like non-existent. Oh, she, so she doesn't really no. acknowledge it, that you do that? And... No, she knows I'm doing it. 
Um, she's not really watched it because it's in English and she can't yeah. understand English. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I don't, I don't know how to even put this. I feel like she knows I'm doing it, but it's as if... It hasn't really sunk in. Yes. Like it's a big deal. To be fair, it hasn't sunk in me. <laughs> Every single time I go out on road, I have to pinch myself. Really? No joke. And I pinch myself and I have a cry. I'm going to sound like such a baby now. <laughs> and I have a little cry and I think, how am I so lucky? Yeah, you've made it. How am I so lucky to have yeah. this life and do a job that I absolutely love to my core yeah. and get paid for it? Well, it's not Do you know what I mean? It's your knowledge and your passion and it only paid off for you. So. I know, but I, I just feel like I'm lucky. I really do. Do you know what? In the intro of our uh, podcast, we say we're going to be a bit smug, but we are those people that absolutely love their job. And we're really, yeah. Like, there's not many people, I'd say, in this day and age, you know, that can say, I love my job and I'm really... I know. We don't mean to be smug. Sorry out there if you don't love your job, but that's a great thing, I isn't know. It? it is fantastic. It really is because... Every single day seems like joy. Yeah, it is. And it's all different, isn't it? You, yeah. must, you must feel this every day in an auction yeah. house. You don't know what's going to come through that door. Yeah, we say to each other, like, how can this be a real job? Like, <laughs> I know. We're getting paid to do this. Yeah. I know, I we know. Are, we are lucky people. We, are. we really, really are. It slightly takes us on to the telly side of things, doesn't it? So how did that, ha how did that happen for you? How did... did did someone just call one day and No, no, I wasn't I wasn't that lucky for that, no. Okay. <laughs> Make no. a really elaborate story <clears> that you're walking down the hat no guy. No, no, it, it it wasn't like that. Basically I worked for an auctioneer who was on TV mm. and there was a joke going around that one day I will be good enough to be on TV and hopefully against my boss at that time. Yeah. You know, so I could oh, beat his butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the aim. It started more as a joke than yeah. anything else. Right. And then as years went on, I thought, well, actually, I think, you know, because I watch, I've seen every single episode there's ever been made of Road Trip. Mm -hmm. I love that show with my core. Oh, you were like, you're avid fan. Oh, oh my God. Right. Seriously, yeah. I've seen every episode. Okay. You could oh, question me. <laughs> You could question me back to on all the episodes. Mastermind round. Yes, I could probably do that. We can wrap quickly wrap up. Um but yeah, and and then you know, the marriage came and then one baby comes and then another and it's never kind of the right time. And when my youngest was about two, um year and a half two, I said to my husband, I said, You know what? I think it's time. I think it's time that I actually take that next step and I see whether I can do what I always had in my head that I would really want to do. Mm. I might not be any good at it. This was a goal for you from just loving Antiques Roadshow. You just Yeah, really I just wanted... Get at that. It wasn't about being on TV. Yeah. 100% not. It wasn't about, you know, people recognising me yeah. or anything. No, okay, it yeah. was all about Antiques Road Trip. It was my pure love and obsession with the show. Uh, you're so honest about that. It's yeah, amazing. But it's true. That's you know, right. I'm not. I'm never going to pretend to be something I'm not. Oh, I can see that, which is absolutely yeah. fabulous. Oh, I'm so chuffed that you got it. <laughs> but I wrung the main boss. I, I wrung him yeah. and I said, you know, um, my name is Arita Marriott um, and I would like to be on your show. So what do I do? 
that what you did? That's what I did. Good on And I, I was, if I'm not wrong, I was one of 19 people that were down that that year for this new series. Um, I had to go through six months of the whole process like everybody else does. Yeah. And, um, and the day... <laughs> The day I got the job, when I was told, I was at work in the auction house and I was outside in a car park and I got the news. It was 4th of January, if I'm not wrong. I remember that and I can see it as clear as day on front of me. I was shaking, I was crying. I didn't, I kept thinking, someone pranked me. Yeah. Someone just pranked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. You didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Oh, no, I didn't believe it until the day. And then, of course, COVID happened after that. Oh, oh yeah. so it just, this just happened just before COVID? Just before COVID. before COVID. No, so not. my first series was in between the lockdowns. Um, but, yeah, it was... And you love it? Oh, my goodness, do I love it. So how many do you do a year? How many episodes do you do a year? Um, there are two series a year. Yeah. Um, and we got five episodes in each of the series. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... I I just love everything it is about it. I love how your face just lights up. Never take her so on sad. a road trip because she loves it. You're not going to get anyone more dedicated. I can imagine. Oh goodness and you get me! On well, with all the other guys that you do with, yeah, it's just lovely. It's like a and all the emotion with all the visits that we do. Yeah. You know, yeah, meeting yeah. people we would never have a chance yeah. to meet. Yeah. Going places that we would never, as normal humans, be allowed in and, and be part of. Yeah. It's it's just, yeah, I just love it. It's wonderful that you're so humble about that. I think that what's what really comes across from speaking to you, that you have a genuine love and you're really humble yeah. about it. And that's, that's Don't great. Don't stop it. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually no. my age. You know? <laughs> Gone and made it. You haven't... You know, Nobody the traditional route through no. like fine art or whatever. You've went, you've learned it. And then you've gone after what you really wanted. For you to just call up somebody and just go for it. Yeah, you have no. to call them up and say, yeah, give me a job. Great. I know. Now I think back. There's a lot of things in my life that I think back to and I think, like how? <laughs> and why? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love you. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> love as well. I know. It's all right. No. <laughs> apologize. No, no. No need to apologize because I love that word now. Yeah, so what's next for you? Well, there are a couple of new things that I'm venturing out in. Okay. And yeah, a couple of new TV Shows, shall I say? Which we're not going to get the dirt on. Were you not going to tell no, us? No, okay. no, not not quite yet. One is brand new thing out uh, in spring, and one that is very well known that I'm going to be part of as well. Gosh, I think we can. But we will throw a few names. So you're basically going to be all over the TV this year. Wow, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> That'd be great. Though. But you know, honestly, it's. I just can't believe I've gotten to the point in life where I can say that I'm doing this. Yeah. Because it's so far-fetched from where I come from. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've heard the story. Yeah, yeah it is. I bet you never thought you were going to end up... I was born... British TV doing that. Oh, <laughs> no. I was born in a normal farm farming family, yeah. you know. I've had, I've had rough childhood, if I can say so. Yeah. And... And I never, ever thought 
that I would break out of it. But I, I, I suppose my one thing my mom always taught me was to be humble. Yeah. And to go for what you want. Yeah. Oh, mm. we can we can <laughs> see that in you. Oh, you yeah. can see the tears coming. <laughs> Oh, oh attention, but we can yeah. see that, yeah, you've made that journey. Good on you. It's really impressive to see, to be honest. And I'm not blowing smoke. <laughs> it's really nice to see, to be honest. Okay. Um, it is nice to live it. You see, I have no education. Yeah. Like, I, I've completed high school, basically, on a doctor's note. So you've done um, this all all from I, your own own learning and yeah, I have and education, no, both of you. The only license that I hold... He's the driver's license <laughs> that is valid in, in England. Um, that is pretty much it. Oh, and I have a um, real estate license in the state of New York. Well, that's probably expired now. <laughs> Just in that two-year period, it's got your real estate license as well. Yeah. Amazing. You know. Like the book, <laughs> oh, my goodness, really? I love how you go off and do stuff and... I have had every job under the sun. No joke. I have tr I have tried my hand at everything. Um, my first job, in fact, I've been working since I was six years old. Yeah. Every single summer we went in. I either did potato weeding mm. in the farmer's fields and it was about half a mile long rows of potatoes. They were long. Yeah really long yeah that sounds bad and it was scorching hot because summers are extremely hot in latvia and um or we were in the woods picking blackberries yeah. and that is how if i didn't do that then i had no money to buy the things i needed for school to go to school because my parents could not afford you know to help me with that so i had to be on my own feet very early and stand up for myself, at least financially I did. Um, You're gonna make me cry. That's don't, don't, Good on don't. You. That's, that's um, epic. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. One I'm thing- I'm so pleased that you've got, you know, you, you're here and you're doing the telly and you're you. absolutely <laughs> smashing it. Is this gonna be like a cry party at the end of it? If we're gonna title it, we all cry. I don't cry. Hayley doesn't cry. Right, I... mission. Let's make her cry. No, I have cried. cried. <laughs> no, she doesn't cry. She quite openly admits I will cry at literally anything. Yeah. And uh... yeah, I can get quite <laughs> quite sensitive, shall okay. I say? So but, if but, yeah. you weren't doing this job and you could pick any job in the world, any job doesn't matter where you are, what job would that be? Or is it this one? That that's a hard question because I have had so many jobs. <laughs> what was your worst uh, job? Oh, I did some cleaning in America. Oh. So who are your favourite people to road trip with? Well, my last series was with Mark Hill. Oh my goodness, do I love that man. <laughs> I adore every single cell of that human. Why is he so lovely? Yeah. I don't know. He was just born like an angel in a human form. <laughs> Seriously. Mark Hill, an angel in a human form. Yes. Wow, title for the show, isn't it? There we go. On honestly, if you ever meet him, he is the most pleasant, lovely man you've ever met. I get that from him, though. Yeah. He comes across really fun yeah. and really lovely. 
Oh, well, I, okay, Mark Hill. <laughs> I know. I hope I have him in my life for the rest of my life. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So you must so, be all... I mean, because you do, you do celebrity We do, well, yeah, celebrity road trip, regular road trip. Um, well, on celebrity road trip, we've, I've had quite a few lovely people to work with. Um, last series, I worked with Les Dennis. And, and you see, you say that. I'm not from that era in England, yeah. am I? I didn't know. My husband was like, oh, you need to watch this and you need to watch that. And so I, we watched him. I was like, oh, he, he looks funny. But, you know, sometimes you don't know whether people are funny in, on TV and whether they're the same when you actually... 80s comedy. Oh, my God. I know growing up that, you know, that, that, was, yeah. that was it. He is awesome was he a good nice guy oh yeah we had we had some serious laughs yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah that that was definitely one of the highlights the people then yeah i think because when they come on the celebrity road trip yeah they they want to be part of it yeah. they want us to kind of submerge them into the world yeah. and they're very open to it all and yeah it's just it's just really nice to be able to spread all this love that I have inside me <laughs> to the others. It's refreshing. It's really refreshing. Yeah. So, Kate, have we got any more questions? I was going to say, have you ever been starstruck with anybody you've met while working in TV? Um, I think the one moment that I had to kind of stop and think, what? Was um, with Les Dennis when he was on a phone he, he got in after finishing his phone conversation and he said, oh, I'm doing this charity um, gig with Michael Ball. And uh, I was just saying that I'm filming Antiques Road Trip and I'm, I'm with you. And he said, oh, yeah, I really like Irita. I'm like, what? <laughs> what was like, that? He knew who you were. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I Ball know who I am. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Surreal. Honestly, the whole day I was like, Les, were you serious or were you just having me on? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. He knows who I He's like, yeah. <laughs> who would be like the oh, ideal guest? Who, if you could pick anyone? <clears> Macy <throat> Finch. <laughs> just throwing it in there. Didn't even finish the question. No, no. We're in there. I know. Surely that can be arranged. Well, I have been asking for that since first series of me start. In fact, my pre, um, my first ever interview yeah. for Road Trip way before i got the job i said my dream partner in crime would be mrs hinch on celebrity road trip right okay so yeah if you are out there mrs hinch um <laughs> get in touch get involved Goodness. yes get please yourself on celebrity road trip yes please <laughs> i will recall i will cancel my holiday for that <laughs> if <Yeah>. needs be just fancy a day out she's she's willing for that as well so get, get in touch so literally out of anybody in the whole world any celebrity any anyone <clears throat> that would who that's who you'd yeah have. I mean, I I wouldn't pass on opportunity to be next to someone like George Clooney, you know, yeah. Silver Fox. I mean, yeah. come on. Is he a fan of uh, road trip? I bet he is actually. I don't I think he's. A road trip at I don't think he's ever again. even heard of it. <laughs> Let's find out when we have him on the uh, next podcast. <laughs> I have to say though, um, the thought that Antiques Road Trip was one of Queen's favourite. 
shows. I didn't know that. Did you know? There were there were one or two articles in papers that oh. one of her favourite TV programmes was Antiques Road Trip. So the Queen was watching you on Antiques the, Road Trip. Now, the thought of yeah. that just blows my little mind. You're done. You've nailed it. You're <laughs> done. You don't need to do anything else. I, I would I'm out of here. I've absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Queen you ever was. So it's Kaylee's turn. Well, sort of slightly giving it away earlier. <laughs> uh, but Kaylee's turn today to do uh, Object of the Week. And well, I have to say, it's quite a sad looking, I mean, it's very cute, but a sad looking little teddy on the table here. Okay, so in my uh, naive view of toys, Kaylee, which is not fantastic. He's got no eyes. Uh, he's very worn. Looks like he's about to get holes in him any moment. Talk us through your object of the week. So he, he has got eyes. He's just asleep. Oh. He's sleeping. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, so they look... Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. It looks like there's two eyes that are missing, but he's just asleep. Yeah, he's just having a little nap there. Okay, yeah. So do you recognise this little guy? I, I kind of do. I kind of feel like I should do. Is it sort of 50, 60? No, he's earlier than that. Oh, he's earlier than that. He okay. is one of the biggest celebrities of the 1920s and 30s. Right. Like, he was he was like bigger than a lot of movie stars, politicians. He was incredibly famous. Really? It is Bonzo the dog. How how was he incredibly famous? So what in what context was the magazine? Yeah, there was the sort of books about him. Yeah, so he started off in a comic strip. Yeah. Um, I think he appeared as an unnamed dog in some comic strips earlier, but then he was he was in a magazine called The Sketch in 1922, right. and he just became incredibly popular. And he was one of the first characters to really be mass merchandised. So you would find um, teddies like this one, um, ashtrays, salt okay. and pepper shakers, perfume bottles postcards so he's american no I, he's british my gosh he... i'm assuming right okay this is this is really bad yeah. i don't know anything to do with this so but this he... is bonzo i know i know yeah. bonzo but so he it was around the same time there were a lot of other cartoon characters that were quite big at this time so you've got felix the cat yeah um, Pip Squeak and wilfred um it was it was a really accessible form of media yeah. and I think because it's so cute and, you know, you can be produced in so many forms. Like, he, he did go worldwide. There were toys made in America, in Germany, you right, know, Czechoslovakian okay. glass. Literally anything that you could put his face on, you would do it. So, I'm sewn together there. It's quite amazing that that survived, what, 100 years? Yeah, and he's made by Chad Valley, which were a toy yeah. company who, as you probably know, were quite local to here. They're in Harbourne in Birmingham and they, they did, did not know that they that's, were? that's amazing okay and they did a lot of soft toys and a lot of like velveteen dolls and this sort of thing but they made Bonzo in all sorts of sizes so you'll find okay and um, lots of different versions some awake some asleep yeah and I think they were for all budgets because um Chad Valley were kind of known as toys for toffs at one point because they were, were they? yeah they, they were called yeah, toys for toffs that, that's what people would say about them because they would make dolls of um the princesses and so on and they're really expensive I'm, they, I'm assuming yeah, they? They, they could be but with Bonzo like this one he's fully articulated so he yeah. can move you know he can swivel his head and his arms and legs but they did unarticulated versions so oh, okay so yeah. they did very, they did a, a range of them for every different pocket yeah okay. and this one's miniature so he would have been slightly more affordable so well I, I think a lot of people might just miss him if they saw him on a shelf somewhere or in a charity shop or something like that 
now I kind of know a little bit more, I can see who he is and that he's lovely. He's really cute. What's it? What's he worth? Well, he's still so popular, it, you know, considering it's 100 years ago and not in most people's memory. Yeah. I think he's got this kind of legendary status because he was this, you know, he was the father of mass merchandise. I think that might be overstating it a bit, no, but you like know, he's one of the it. first. And I think people have some sort of affection for him because the, if you, it's nice to collect because if you collect teddy bears, you, you might want this. You might want to collect Bonzo. You might collect the history of sketchbooks and they did art portfolios and everything so something like this even though you know he's very what i wouldn't say warm we call it well loved okay, when it comes to teddy bears well, that, do you know what that was going to be my next question because what i know from you that collecting of toys is very about nostalgia I, even even we talk about we grew up in the 80s and we talk about the my little ponies and all the the things that we had when we were kids and that's kind of what people tend to collect there's not going to be anybody alive that had one of these. and Well, there might be, but very few that are probably going to be collecting toys. So the nostalgia part, we take that out, that element out, if that makes sense. Yes. But you've already just touched on that, that this was almost really important in the toy manufacturing because yeah. it was the first one to be mass merchandised. Yeah, it's kind of like interesting academically uh, to see how just the simple cartoon became that huge and yeah. made it worldwide and was produced i mean can you imagine just some sort of cartoon character being on ashtrays and yeah things yeah. It, it, it's, it's quite mad isn't it we're all so used to it now and we'll know having daughters i'm quite obsessed by the fact that frozen made about what 20 30 million at the cinema but the merchandise from it is billions that's what it's about in yeah. today's world isn't it yeah he's, he's kind of the elsa of the 1920s first bonzo is the elsa of the 1920s I mean, so, you've got you even got toffee molds you can pick up toffee molds in toffee the shape yeah really? so, so they would make sweets and biscuit okay. tins like just absolutely everything it was huge i can imagine someone's house now i can just kind of see it just bonzo to the max with like literally everything what? so that, that's going to end up on someone's shelf that's a big bonzo collection yeah i think that's the fun of it though because there are so many weird and quirky things to collect in that mm. world and i think it's just a nice bit of british history as well because you know this this time when you did have these cartoon characters coming out it was a big part of the culture and yeah so my my question is did the client that you got it from so most people know that we go out every week we look through people's houses we try and find them some treasure or they come to us so how did this little guy end up with you to sell where did he come from so he just turned up in a box really someone was having a clear out of um on behalf of a friend they brought in a box of their friend's childhood toys and there was all sorts of interesting things in there um from all different eras so i think this was something that was passed down to yeah. the vendor so the other toys in the box were mostly dated to the 1950s okay. so i'd imagine this was yeah. something that belonged to mom or dad and then went down to the child so that's that's quite a sweet thought isn't it i mean because that's what used to happen isn't it you'd get something handed down and you always get your teddy bear yeah um so oh that's really cute yeah my so, daughter wants nothing to do with my childhood teddy bear really? well she, she, she's got it in her room but she doesn't really like do it. you force her to put it in her room really she doesn't like <laughs> well, it well i found it and i thought oh she's gonna love she's gonna love having this it's a pink elephant yeah she's just i think it's just a bit ugly so she's like oh. what was the pink elephant called okay. 
heffalunk course it was. Um, so yeah, but your daughter's not interested in no, that. But I think if it was something like this, she'd probably be more inclined because it's rather cute. Yeah, we've got quite an educated uh, daughter in the world of toys as well. Oh, to be honest, how cool having a mum as a toy specialist. Oh, she's she is a pretty much an expert on clone dolls and fashion really? dolls. Yeah, what a gorgeous thing that you can do with <laughs> your kids. Like genuinely, have you got the best job that because you've been into the school and talked to the kids. In fact, you've been into many of our kids' schools, haven't you? To go and talk about. Kaylee is available for talks in schools if you'd like her. Um, I know it's part of the curriculum to learn about early toys, isn't it? It is, so. yeah. So if you want me to turn up with a box of toys, then <laughs> you just let just me get know. In touch. Obviously, people from America, definitely, if you're willing to pay uh, yeah, to pay the airfare over, she's really willing to do that as well. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for bringing it in, Kaylee. And did you did you tell us a price? Did you tell us yeah. price? No, I didn't. I got okay. distracted. He sold for £140. Wow. Which is not bad for a little, well-loved, tiny, 100-year-old teddy bear. He's definitely going to go on to be loved even more on someone's crazy so. house. Amazing. Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> Cheers. So we're going to play Smash Cash Stash. Okay. We're going to show you three <laughs> objects. Okay. And we just want you to kind of describe what you see and then tell us which one you would keep, which one you would sell, and which one you would smash if you had to. Okay. Okay, should I start the first item? Go on. I'm going to go with my head, not with my heart. Have a look at that. Bank of England, one pound paper money. There's some signatures on there. There are some signatures. Who are they? Oh, my goodness, this is going to... Paul McCartney? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Keep, this... keep looking. Is there any more? I can't read the writing. George. So we've got Paul McCartney, George Harrison, oh. Ringo Starr. Oh my. And John Lennon is somewhere. There oh, is. there, John Lennon right up there. Oh my goodness. Well. Is it real though? Or is it? I know. When it comes to things like this, it's all about the provenance, isn't it? Yeah. That is all yeah. that the money hangs on. Yeah. I mean, if the provenance is right for this, I would hold on. Okay. 100%. 100%. Okay. Because the signatures will be becoming more and more rare, yeah. I would have thought. And I mean, how many of those £1 notes are still around? Exactly. But it's whether it's real or not. I know. That is the point, isn't it? Have a look at but, this one. Right. What have we got? A silver pedestal... Oh, basically. Do you like it? Do you like silver? Is that um, your kind of thing or not really? If, it, you're very ceramic if it's really fancy and intricately, you know, yeah. done, yeah. then it's my sort of thing. Yeah. I would say when it comes to solid metals, I would probably cash in because silver and gold at the minute are an all-time high. Yeah. And why not? Why not? That doesn't do anything in the metal for you. Yeah. As sad as that is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That some a piece of silver that was made by an incredible craftsman over a hundred years ago, yeah. now it just goes in a melting pot. What's she going to do with it? Exactly. People don't want it. Yeah, you could buy a solid silver piece of bowl, mm -hmm. probably for the same money that you could buy a you know silver plated one yeah. in Harrod. Exactly, exactly. If not even right. cheaper. Exactly. And it has solid substance to it. Yeah. It has basically value and weight. Mm. It is a real it's shame. Just, it is a shame. But like you touched on, precious metals are high. I think Very high. It was last week that they were highest they've been 
since the war, since the Second World yeah. War. Yeah. So, I mean, you can kind of get it, can't you? Yeah. And then the third item... Well, I don't have much choice with this one. Smash it is. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? We got a little vase. Who is this by? Oh, it's Ruskin Pottery. Oh, you see, I feel really sad that Ruskin would have to be the smash for me because that's all I'm left Wait, with. Whatever you want. You can change your oh, mind. Don't worry about it. I mean, I love this drip glaze, mm. the iridescence in it. It is beautiful. It is really pretty and the name yeah the name sells it yeah it's like the provenance for signatures and particular items this is the name that you know yeah. that holds the value if it had no name yeah. underneath yeah i mean it's worth a pound there you go exactly you stick a name under yeah it's by one of those top people though isn't it yeah it's beautiful it really is so, oh, what goodness me. So to recap, we've got a £1 note signed by four names. Are they the Beatles? Are they not? Could it just be, you know, me signing it? <laughs> or we've got a silver hallmarked uh, pedestal bowl or Tarza or Comfort, similar to that. And we've got a beautiful... Um, Kelly, we're going to put pictures up, aren't yes, we, so we can see these. And we've got a beautiful Ruskin vase. Oh, now you've made my decision really <laughs> right. hard. That, that was the aim. Yeah. Right. Oh, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Why not? <laughs> Um, as much as, yeah, as much as I wouldn't like to smash the Ruskin, I think I'm going to have to stick with my original gut feeling. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's your antique dealer head on there, isn't it? Yeah. That's totally it. Yeah. You can, it, you can sniff out the uh, the goodies amongst them. Okay. <laughs> so, first of all, you went with the banknote. Yeah. So, this is the one you're going to... Stash. stash. That's the stash because I think that might have some future value. Okay. Especially if it has the provenance. Okay. Yeah. It does have the provenance. Yes. So this is amazing. The story of it is it was signed in a hotel in Wales because the lady, I mean, you got to imagine, I think it was 1968 this was signed. You've got to imagine back in the day, how much was one pound worth back in the day? That's probably a lot of money in 1968. I know. And the lady who had it, who still owns it now, so it's been with her ever since 1968. Amazing. Saw them at a gig and they were staying in the same hotel. <gasps> the only thing she had to sign was that one pound note. Oh, that's so cool. Now, that's memories, yeah. isn't it? It's amazing. Like, it gives me chills. Yeah. That's ace, isn't it? That I mean, is fantastic. That. But I think you're right. In terms of signatures, they are going to go up. It's 1500 to 2000 on that. Yeah. It will just yeah. go up in value. Yeah. We're going to cash the silver taza. She's cashing in the silver. Be ruthless. Yeah. So <laughs> its auction estimate is two to 250 pounds. Okay. Um, you were right. You were bang on when you said about 100 years old. So it's Sheffield yeah. 1925. I mean, it's a, it's a nice thing, but it's a bit boring, isn't it? So what do you do with it? it I mean, you could use it as a fruit bowl, though. You know, have your crisps in there and, you know. Do you know what? Get some Watsits in there. I'd love to have some Watsits in there with a with a pint. Here you go. It would look fantastic. Reflection of the orange, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> are we selling it? Yeah, we are. Okay, so it's Never mind. We're melting, you guys. <laughs> it's a What's it holder? Yeah, there we go. What's it bowl? Two to £250. Okay, so she's she's getting rid of this one and you're smashing. My smash it is a Ruskin vase. Well, I'm guessing three to £500 in an auction, probably. 
fuck. It's... You're good. That is exactly it's... our estimate. Is that what you put on it? <laughs> Bang on. Well done. That's because amazing. The, but the thing is, you can't stash this. Yeah. Because pottery is that really funny subject where it goes up and down yeah. in price so drastically just because of the fashion. Yeah. Well, you so, know stuff, don't you? That's it. Ceramics is very much your area, isn't it? So you're right. One thing will be in favour one month or yeah. year and then the next year nobody wants it. And then you put it near the window, it crazes, the value goes down. Your cat knocks it down and makes the chip or a crack. It's worthless. Or All of a sudden, knocks it off or yeah. something like. Here, so, here you go. So, All gone. I think that was rather impressive, but Irene. Are you happy with that? Did very, very well in oh, spotting thanks. that one. And <laughs> very impressive work there. Thank you very much. Have I got a job? Are you hiring me? <laughs> <laughs> on our website next week, I will be uh, head of everything. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, this has been amazing. Thank you, guys. Arita, <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing to have you here. You've been you've oh. been great. We really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. And if people want to find you online, where should they look? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Arita Maria Antiques on both of them. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm oh yes, and the website forgot about that bit, and I'm always out and about. If there is a big antique fair, you're there. I'm there. <laughs> Getting up at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know. Go and go and say hello to Arita when you see her next, and, and buy something from her. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to buy anything from me. Just come and say hi. Come I love when people just walk up and yeah. just say. We love the show. Oh, Honestly, really cool. it's it's just the yeah. best feeling ever. Oh, look, you're so humble but and lovely. Thank you. Again. No, thank you for having me. We'll it's been absolutely amazing. And we'll watch this space for what's coming next for you. Yeah, right. Well, go for it. Go take over the world. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I will try. <laughs> As I always say to my kids, I was born ready. Amazing. Thanks, thank you. See you soon. <laughs> Oh, how amazing is Irita? She's genuinely one of the most fascinating and lovely women I think I've ever met and even nearly got me crying at one point then. I had such a nice time. Isn't her enthusiasm just so infectious? Do the podcast with us, maybe. Irita, if you're out there, come back, join us. I think she's too busy. I think everyone wants her. That's very true, actually. She's literally going to take over the world of Antiques TV and rightly so. Kayleigh, where are we going to see her? So if you want to keep up with what she's doing, uh, check her out on social media or her website, iritamariaantiques.com, where you can buy some lovely things from her. And I hear we've got something interesting to watch coming up as well. You might have, yeah. Now we're Cash in the Attic's finished with our lovely Kaylee on. Uh, yeah, great auction showdown. Check it out. You might recognise someone, uh, well, me, on there. Um I think it's out next month, so I think it's out in March, so go and have a look. It's on Channel 5, and it's with the lovely Paul Martin. Exciting. Looks like we've got a lot of TV to watch in the next few months. You definitely have. Crack on, set your planner, and uh, just go for it, yeah. Right, I'm going to go and do that right now. Okay, see you, Katie. Bye. <laughs> see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.